0: What is going on, everybody? Now, um, moments ago, seconds before we started the stream, I spilled half of my my water for the show. And it- There is a
1: lot of electronics oh, yeah. behind this camera. Yeah,
0: and, and it like went on the power bar. I mean, it was pretty dramatic. Uh, I'm surprised yeah. that uh, nothing has exploded yet. <laughs> (laughs) But I'm excited that we're with you here on The Train Station. Now, um, today we're going to be talking about some puppy training basics for those of you who have a puppy or maybe a young dog in training. And it's going to be focused on some socialization, talking a lot about uh, introducing your puppy to other dogs. And this is going to be especially important for those of you who are in a multiple dog household. I see some people who are jumping in the chat. I see a regular Eden Fraser saying... (coughs) She's ready to jump on the training train, and we are going to get the show started in just a minute. Now, I want to uh, point something out, because I know our uh, fabulous moderator, <laughs> Dan the Man, moderator man, says, happy, happy opening day, uh, especially for anybody who is into uh, baseball. You know today is a very big day. It's opening day, and uh, I know our moderator, Dan, is a huge baseball fan, and he's second screening uh, a little bit tonight. <laughs> now we do these live shows for you so if you have a question about puppies or puppy training make sure you drop it in the chat and we'll do our best to answer it um you know with uh, the chat has been getting busier and busier busier every single show, mm-hmm. so uh, we'll do our best to get to all of your questions. I want to welcome Jane, uh, Jane, Cata, Mr. Blue, Shandy Blake, Patricia Moore, Eden Fraser, James Crook, Dan, and all of you that have joined us here. Um, Jane also like really likes your hair.
1: Oh, I actually just got it done today since we're going away. Thank you for noticing. That's so nice.
0: Yeah, <laughs> and I'll make an announcement really quickly that uh, <laughs> this is our last train station for a couple Look of weeks
1: for this
0: occasion. So, if for those of you who don't know, Kale and I, next week, are headed to Hawaii to get married. Yes! So this is our last show as an unmarried couple. That's uh, so weird. No longer streaming in sin, is that a thing? I don't uh, think probably so, not. but maybe. Okay, it's time to start the show. <laughs> I wanna welcome, welcome you, thank you guys for joining us, and today we're gonna be talking about some puppy training basics, uh, specifically for those of you who want to introduce your puppy to other dogs. I'm Ken Steep. I'm Kale McCann. Well, Welcome back to McCann Dogs. Yeah, that brings up an important point. Uh, she will, she's going to remain Kale McCann. Yeah. So, uh, do you guys
1: think that Ken should say, change his last name to McCann?
0: Yeah, that's I, what I, I think. That's what, yeah, that's what that has been suggested. <laughs> You're not the first person to suggest that. Um,
1: no, I like your last name actually.
0: I think um, this show is going to be a, a really fun one. I think there's a lot of puppy uh, um, owners, puppy trainers, young dog trainers that are uh, that watch our train station show. And for those of you guys who have a uh, a young puppy, this we're going to dive deep into some socialization stuff, but also into some relationship building stuff. So this these are the kinds of things that will like 10x your training. We'll we'll make your dog learn faster. 10x and, your training. And, and avoid yeah. And that's the first thing that sort of popped into my head. <laughs> It's really going to speed things up for you, and it's going to help you to avoid some of those, you know, challenges that you have along that you have along the way. Uh, I want to say hello to uh, all of the people that have jumped in. Eden Catherine Lynn. says yes, join
1: the McCann clan. Yes,
0: join the McCann clan. He is know. kind
1: of already in the McCann clan. <laughs> that's, but that's true.
0: Can now make for, it really official. For those uh, of you who are joining us tonight, something that we like to do uh, is find out where you're joining us from. I know uh, I saw Eden had mentioned that she's uh, she's watching from Australia, but drop in the chat where you and your four-legged family member are checking in uh, with us, uh, checking in from with us in today's show. Um, as I mentioned, we, we're gonna do our best to answer all of your questions about puppy training. Um, sometimes the chat gets going so quickly uh, that it gets tough. So, so anybody who drops the super chat will absolutely get their question answered. Now, if this is your first time on our show, um i should probably mention that i'm ken steep and this is kale mccann and we're professional dog trainers for mccann dogs we get to help more than 500 dogs every week uh at the facility uh to be well-behaved four-legged family members yeah so um if you have dog training puppy training questions we'd love to hear about it and actually kale if you're if you're into dog agility or you uh, you know you think you'd like to have a sport dog or compete with your dog Kale's a 21-time world champion of dog agility so you've come to the right live stream Mm -hmm. Let's check out where people are joining us from. Hamilton, Florida, Michigan, Richmond, Virginia, St. Louis, Missouri, Kingston, Lafayette, Louisiana. I'm a new fan. Baltimore. Oh, very cool. I'm Welcome, I've had agility lead.
1: in Baltimore before. Yeah. I'm guessing you guys are Canadian from your accent. Yes, yeah. <laughs> you guessed correctly. <laughs> we both say A a lot. Well, I know I
0: do anyways. <laughs> um, so I, let's just see. I see... Uh, I see. Uh, Eden's asking what happened. I think the stream's still good. Oh, I see, Saskatchewan, North Carolina. My nice. my little brother's in Saskatchewan, I believe. Estevan yep. in Saskatchewan. Yep. Uh, Adelaide. Wow, people are joining in from all over the place, and awesome. we, we want to welcome you guys to the show. Now, let's let's talk. Let's get down and dirty with some, some puppy training. Let's talk about the serious stuff. Uh, the first step you always need to do, the first thing you need to do with that puppy in your home is use a house line. And if you've seen the train station before. you probably that's two toots before like five minutes minutes or something yeah all over it um so uh uh, using a house line in your home with your puppy anytime they're out of their crate is so valuable and let's talk just for a minute about how we use our house line uh, yeah we'll just talk
1: about what a house line is so basically it's um it's it's a leash essentially but we try to sort of adapt the leash so that it slips and slides throughout your house you know a little bit more easily a lot of people say well a leash is great but it's such a pain in the butt it gets caught on things and you know it's really annoying and the dog tries to eat it and there's all these things but and you know we understand all of those things do happen but for the amount of time that that you know having an extra handle on your dog just really makes life so much easier it's really really well worth it and you can train your dog not to chew the line and you can work through supervision to make the, the line a little bit more easy in your house so um, you can get just a, a light leash you can cut the end um the handle off the end so that it's less likely to get caught and that's what we would recommend that your dog drags around your house anytime that they are out of their crate and have um any you know free time in your home um free time isn't exactly free time though it's you know spending time with you but you know that way you can um You can grab it if they happen to, you know, grab some socks out of your room or they've just jumped up on the counter or they're barking at the door or whatever it might be. You now have a way to regain control in a really calm and effective manner, which is um, something that we're going to talk a lot uh, to you about today.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, I see lots of people. I see uh, Raymond from Mobile, Alabama and Bev Albright's joined us now. Um, I'd love to know, just so that we can sort of shape how we deliver this information, how many dogs do you have in your home? Just like, just a quick number. Is it one, is it three, maybe it's five? I noticed uh, Lisa Hart mentions she has four dogs in her home, Uh, uh, puppy potties outside and comes back in and does more. We actually have a video on the channel just for you, Lisa, Mm -hmm. and um, uh, it's uh, to to stop your puppy from peeing indoors. I don't know whether our, our uh, moderator will have a chance to grab that, but uh, that would be an ideal one specifically for you. Yeah. So there's, I, I see lots of people who are multiple dog owners in yeah. here, and uh, some like really young puppy owners. I also see some people who have other animals, yes. like cats. That's a pretty common thing. And actually, we have a of someone who watches quite often that asked us a question last week about um, about how to teach it puppy to introduce a puppy to their cat and we're gonna get mm. into something like that in yes. uh, in just a couple of minutes but let's talk about let's let's talk about how what are the first steps when we're talking about integrating a puppy into the household now you and I do something very could be seen as unique I, I mean I think it is
1: unique some, because often something... when we tell people about it they're shocked
0: yeah <laughs> so maybe just describe the process we have six dogs um, and we when we bring a new puppy home um, they have a very different experience than the other six dogs but each puppy that we bring home has the same experience with us and let's mm-hmm. talk about why that's so important yeah
1: so you know think back to especially those of you who have multiple dogs um, think back to when you got your first dog and how focused you were on that first dog how much attention you could give them how much easier it was to supervise them and to build a bond and a relationship because it was just the two of you and often we see that you know people who have multiple dogs often don't make that same type of progress with their relationship um with the continued uh, with the additional puppies because those puppies end up spending a lot of time with the other animals in the household so something that we do that's a bit different is when we get a brand new puppy we actually keep it separated from our other dogs and um I'm not gonna lie; it is a lot of work, and thank goodness there's two of us. Um, but you know, it's something that I I did even on my own as well. But you know, it takes a little bit of work. But the um, the bond and the focus and the um, progress that you make with the puppy is just so much faster yeah. that it really is worth it. So essentially, when we have the puppy out, and we're playing with them and we're doing some training session. We will isolate the other puppy, uh, other dogs. They'll either be in a crate or we'll put them in another room whatever it might be when the pups tired out we'll bring the older dogs back out puppy can go in its crate and I actually keep the puppy right in the crate right around the other dogs so they learn to be you know in the same room to be calm and and relaxed in their crate while the other dogs are out and I just switch them back and forth so I don't walk them together they don't have uh, a playtime together initially Um, they're just really hanging out um, just me and them uh, continuously until I've built a little bit of bond and then we'll talk a little bit later about how we we do put them together obviously we don't keep them separated forever but this is how we start off with things
0: yeah and so when we start to introduce that puppy to our other dogs a really con a great way to do that so that you have control of uh, over both the- parties both both animals is by having your puppy let's say in their crate yeah. while you're doing some things around the crate with your other dog maybe it's obedience maybe it's mm-hmm. something trick training or something like that we're slowly introducing them because in uh, in in a recent live stream one of our instructors had mentioned uh, or had said you know your older dog didn't get a vote you know, whether they yeah. like it or not, this puppy is coming home with you. and you know, it's,
1: worlds really turn upside down for when sure. that happens.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. And it's really important to keep that in mind. And I'll tell you uh, a story. Um, when I first brought... Uh, tell us a story. When I first brought Deegan home, I'm going to, here it comes. Um, <laughs> when I first brought Deegan home, I had uh, an older yellow lab. I, at this point, I wasn't uh, like a, a family dog trainer. And I, I just made a lot of bad decisions. He and was just
1: a normal guy
0: yeah just ignore your average everyday (laughs) awesome dude Um, but what I did is I didn't really consider, uh, you know, the interaction, the engagement between dogs. I mean, they already speak the he same thought language.
1: thought it would be so cute to see these labs play together. For sure. And...
0: Absolutely. So it um, cute, but... what it ultimately led to was the older dog actually developing um, some stomach issues. She, she, was, she was nauseated. Stressed, yeah. She was very stressed because Deegan was a super high puppy. And I just thought that, you know, if uh, Hurley was the older dog's name, if Hurley didn't like it, she'd tell her and, it, you know, things would be settled. But that wasn't the case. Now, having uh, raised dogs and trained dogs where I provide a little, provide more separation and I don't insist that the puppy hang out with the older dog, it's remarkable how much faster that puppy learns to listen. It's uh, so much more beneficial for that older dog not feeling like, okay, you know, my life, I was the center of attention and now it seems like every moment of the day I'm being overwhelmed by this wild and crazy puppy.
1: You bring up a really good point though, like, you know, if the puppy starts to get a little bit more skills and they just become a little bit more respectful because they're just learning a little bit more about life, your older dog will tend to like them a bit more too because they're, you know, when they get, we try to wait till we get to the point where our puppy knows like they're, oh, sorry, That's okay. they're resp- my nails just my, cut your arm My open. arms are getting too big,
0: <laughs> I think. That's or my nails are getting too long. do <laughs> um,
1: When your puppy gets old enough that they can respond to um, their name or a leave it command, or a recall what happens is when you then start to integrate your puppy with those older dogs if they get to become a bit of a nuisance because they're babies you can say you know leave it or call them to you and you have a dog that's been trained to do that and you can control it and now that older dog says oh gosh this is great you know mom or dad can control the puppy i can sort of relax i don't have to worry about just having to fend for myself and it really just sort of keeps everybody in the household happy which which is really important
0: yeah for sure um i want to get to the cue here in just a second but um let's let's go to the next step then so after you've you've worked with that your your older dog um, and you've worked around the puppy in their crater it could even be a gate I mean just yeah. you need some sort of separation it's nice to be for the puppy to be able to see what's going on so that they can sort of process and you know you're not hiding anything from them yeah and
1: keep in mind that that you're still socializing them so a lot of people say oh I need my puppy to you know be socialized socializing isn't defined by dogs playing with other dogs. Right, that's really,
0: really important to know. Yeah,
1: it's just being around, worldly, you know, seeing different things, you know, being around your other dogs, but not necessarily just wrestling 24-7. You know, being outside, meeting new people, those types of things, that's all socialization, and your puppy needs all of that. But the thing that's tricky about dog training is that every dog is different, and you don't want to overwhelm a puppy, or you don't want to isolate a puppy a bit too much. And some puppies are going to need more on one side. If you ever really boisterous super confident dog if you're letting that dog play and wrestle and do all these kinds of things they're going to quickly forget about you Um, or if you have a dog that's too bashful and you're putting them into situations where they could be overwhelmed you could be breaking your dog's confidence yeah so you need to be really aware of the temperament and the personality that you you have within your puppy and then think about okay what can i do to gradually and gracefully um, amplify whatever they need more so i need to either build confidence or i need to like control my puppy a little bit more. They're all very different and that's why it's important you need to know about your dog and know about different types of training so that you can make the correct steps to making sure you're going towards improvement and not... You know creating more problems that you have to fix later
0: yeah once you feel like you your puppy is um you know comfortable with the older dog working around them then we'll have them actually switch places basically yeah we're going to have our dog maybe in a sit or a lie down far enough away from the puppy that they're going to be successful or maybe the older dog can just can go in a crate mm-hmm. at, very nearby the puppy i mean it depends on your you really want to set your dog up to be successful yeah. And if you start the exercise and your puppy just can't think about you, just doesn't, couldn't care less, can't wait to go visit the older dog, then that might be an opportunity to put that older dog in a crate. So yeah. it makes it a little Make bit them less Make further apart,
1: but then also let that be a lesson to you that like, okay, I can see there's a problem here. My puppy doesn't even know I'm in this, in this room or that I exist. And that should be a flashing neon sign to you that says, I need to build more value for myself. I need to, to create a little bit more of a bond between my pup and I. So, you know, creating a little bit more space between you and the puppy and the distraction whatever it may be whether it's the cat or the you know other dogs or the kids or the chickens or all the different yeah. animals that were mentioned in this live stream um, you know make more distance between the two so you're not battling a um, you know a losing battle.
0: And really assess if your puppy's being successful yeah all the whole way along you can make it more challenging make it easier but yeah. really it's all, it's all about your puppy making the right choices. Um, I, I want to jump into the chat because I see some great questions coming in here uh, first I want to point out uh, Dan the legend is that at it again eden fraser says yeah dan our moderator you'll see him if you're new to the chat you'll see dan, dan dropping links man. dropping links and and uh, doing all kinds of great stuff in there so um jasmine velasquez says uh, four four dogs one senior who's 16 years old 16 years old one two year old and two puppies wow oh my god you have your hands full and this this is going to be a, <laughs> a a great uh, a live stream for you um, i'm
1: glad you're looking into dog training yeah jasmine. for sure
0: yeah because you're, you're going to be pretty <laughs> you're busy you're gonna need it Samantha Cardinal says, I'm getting a four-month-old puppy in May. been watching all your videos so I can prepare the best uh, I can to help them make good choices, so I can make good training choices as well. Really, really great, Samantha. Thanks for so sharing nice. that. Yeah. Um, Eggdoll says, I'm, I'm getting a boxer in four days. Well, nice. that's exciting. Wow, it's like the perfect time to watch a live stream like this is when you're yeah. getting just about to get a puppy. And this is a good
1: time of year to get a puppy, too. Yeah.
0: Raymond Horace says, I'm getting a, pu- a chug pug mix with a... Ch- uh, Pug mix with a Chihuahua. I've literally binge watched all the videos. I can uh, watch. I'll be getting him when I come back from military leave. Very cool. Nice. And uh, yeah, thanks for your service, Raymond. Um, I liked this question from Dan, actually, our moderator. Should you keep the long line on your puppy when playing and socializing with another dog? That's a really good question. Or is it more of a hazard at that point? So let's let's come back to that let's get when we get a little bit farther away from like the new puppy training let's let's come back to that question because i think it's really important it's worth
1: talking about for For
0: sure sure. Mm -hmm. um and i want to answer this before in case i miss it um what do i do if i'm getting a new puppy but i don't have a dog park near me but i want to socialize him celebrate yeah (laughs) you're lucky to not have to worry about having a dog park nearby uh egg dolls one dog park is is uh,
1: we're not huge advocates of all yeah, fish parks.
0: No, I work we get so many dogs in for um, behavioral problems whether it's fear or aggression or they've been injured and now they need to do retraining it's a bit of a fad, from a dog think, park. Right well, now. I I don't know. I, I just think hopefully it's getting
1: further away from pe- People being a
0: fad, but. yeah, I think people uh just think that maybe they haven't had one of those bad experiences, but yeah. being a train station viewer, or i want they don't you to realize know
1: how bad it can
0: be. It can be so yeah, it's so dangerous. Until it's bad and then you're like, "Oh gosh." Yeah, so don't think of a dog park is a good place to socialize your dog because it isn't. It's a great wide open space mm-hmm. if nobody else is there, but it's not good for dog-to-dog should dog Probably
1: specify though that we are not against dogs you know, playing with nope. other dogs though, no, for sure. But what we want you to try to do is find dogs that are going to be a good match for your dog. So, you know, I often will let my dogs play with, with my friend's dogs, but you know, I know my friend's dogs listens. I know that they're vaccinated. I know that the play session can start and stop when we want it to. And that I can let my dog have a riot, but I'm also know that then I'm, you know, it's my job to keep her safe as well. So, um, you know, those types of socialization, um, Uh, situations are fine uh to do as long as you're really aware you know but if you're at a dog park and you know you're there with your friends and you know things are going well but somebody shows up with the dog that that you don't know you need to get out of dodge as fast as you possibly can i can't tell you how many times i have been in situations where i've had my dogs under control on leash and i've been walking you know in the forest or whatever and some people will come up and say, "Oh." you know, don't panic. My dogs are friendly where they, of course, don't know I'm a, a, a professional dog trainer and I'm reading the dog's body language and I see that they're stiff in the body and that they are not very friendly. And then, of course, two seconds later, that dog's jumping out and trying to, to go after my dog. So um, people probably think I'm like the most snobby person when I'm out on the street because I just stay away from people and dogs that I don't know because to me it's not worth it to... Um, my dog thinking that the world is nothing but sunshine and roses. I really want my dog thinking that, you know, life is great. Other dogs yeah. are good. And so because I'm the leader, you know, my job is to to make sure that that happens for my dog. So I am I always say pick and choose your dog's friends wisely. You know, make sure you feel absolutely sure that that, that socialization piece is going to be in your dog's best interest.
0: For sure. And um, AG Dolls asked, well, how, how do I socialize my puppy? And that's exactly what we're going to get into. We're going to oh, talk about, about that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, these are, this, is, this is how we want you to approach it. This is, this is how you're going to be the most successful mm-hmm. if you approach it is this way uh, that we're talking about in today's show. Um, when you're, Anytime you're working with your puppy inside the house or out, you're going to have your house line on. Another trick to be more successful when you're introducing your puppy to your other dog in the home or to another dog is food train them when they're hungry, train them with a high value reward mm. of some kind. Uh, you know, using, using those moments, like for example, we have a video on the channel where uh, Beeline, she's just a tiny little puppy. I don't even know how old she was, so cute. but we had her working almost next to Grand Slam and Grand Slam is our six year old boy. Mm-hmm. He was in a lie down and she was following food lure. She was sitting, lying down, doing all kinds of things. learning
1: right from the beginning to listen to us while other dogs were nearby
0: for sure. And it was really valuable to her. So, um, you know, as you're training your puppy, as you're working through some of these exercises, you're going to start to pick up on the things that your puppy really likes. Maybe your puppy really likes tiny little squares of cheese, or maybe they like, um, you know, chicken wieners or something like that. The things that they love, um, Mark those in your in your head and think to yourself, when I need a little bit more attention, I'm going to train my puppy when he or she is hungry, and I'm going to use some of these high-value rewards with them. Yeah,
1: high-value rewards really makes everything. We had um, classes last night where it was their fir- the student's first time at our school with their dogs, and I literally felt like I was a Pez dispenser because... Uh, so many of the students were struggling and then I would say, okay, show me what treats you have. And I would look at it and go, oh my gosh, you're so boring. And I would give them some of my treats and like the dogs literally thought they walked on water because they had something that was higher value and I couldn't believe how many people were like, oh my gosh, all I had to do was switch the treat. And right. it that, literally that made it easier. Yeah. I'm like, yes, you got to get stinky, delicious stuff. And it really makes such a big difference, it is especially when you're working with a young dog around distractions.
0: For sure. And uh, Lisa Hart asks, my puppy plays really rough with my two-year-old Akita biting around the neck and legs. Sometimes the Akita cries. Should I stop that play? Yes, you should. Absolutely, for sure. Yeah, yeah not only for your Akita's sake, but for your training. Um, I bet your puppy finds that pretty gratifying. and It's pretty exciting and fun, um, you know, when she bites. or You also don't want them
1: to think that that type of behavior is something that they can do with other dogs as well, because if they happen to do that to another dog that doesn't appreciate that, um, you could have a dog fight on your hands. So, yeah. you know, they need to learn how to play respectfully. So you might just have to step in and remove them. And then once your younger dog um, gets a, or your puppy gets a bit more calm. Maybe try to let them go back and play again, and just simply keep removing each time you feel that the play is not appropriate um, until your puppy learns to play, but you know, play with a certain type of control.
0: For sure, and something. I mean, some uh, one way that you can start to introduce those two dogs is maybe going for getting a a friend or family member or somebody and just go for a walk with them and have both dogs on leash and be able to reward your puppy for not harassing the other dog. Find a distance where you're maybe able to reward your puppy for paying attention to you in these situations, you know, start, Let's as we're moving into uh, integrating the dogs. That's one way that you can really start to have your puppy um, be around those other dogs. Mm-hmm. You know, doing things around those other dogs. Often, Kale and I will uh, take our dogs for a walk around the uh, training facility. It's 22 acres around the McCann Dogs training facility, but our other dogs are incredible off leash, until our puppy responds 100% of the time, uh, every single time they won't be off a leash or a long line. Mm-hmm. We, we, we just won't take them off. It's not worth, uh, you know, untraining them to respond to name. It's not worth, uh, mm-hmm. you know, uh, ruining their response to the come command. So, what we'll do is our dogs will be off leash or maybe we'll have a couple on leash or whatever, but our puppy will be also on a leash at our side. Really like feeling like it's valuable yeah, to not like be chasing those other dogs. Yeah, or like
1: a and we just continually call the puppy back and feed them or call the puppy back and tug with them. So there is just a major, major value for choosing us, coming back yeah. to us and we do that very, very often.
0: For sure. Mm-hmm. Really, it's, it's, such a, it's such a powerful tool to uh, have something like your long line on or have a little bit more control because then you can interrupt your puppy when they make a mistake. Then you can, uh, you know, have a backup plan and really make sure that they're getting nothing but gratifying experience. While, I was just thinking
1: it? of something that, was, it, that is maybe slightly off topic but maybe important to say yep. is that um, the intention of this talk today was not to sort of say like, go out and get a second dog or a third dog or a no. fourth dog. You know, we're you know, we professional dog trainers and we, we try to space our dogs out you know in several years because we try to make sure before we bring a puppy into the house that every other dog that we have is at a point in their training that they're like easy and they're done basically. They just need little reminders here and there. So if any of you are considering getting additional dogs, really consider the training and the input that you have with your first dog or second dog or whatever it might be before thinking about integrating another dog. And especially for those of you who have multiple puppies, that's um, that's a bold move for sure. And it's absolutely doable for absolutely it is, but it is a ton of work. Um, But just make sure that like, I love we love having multiple dogs. We have so much fun with our dogs together. Our dogs, thank goodness, they all get along. They're best buddies. They really in, enjoy their life together. Um, but we try to make sure that each time we bring a new dog in, the other dogs are settled. They've gotten what they've needed. And uh, and then we have the puppy from there. And we are really good about um, dividing our attention that's, um, yeah, that's as well. Really that's So we actually don't have, very rarely, all of our dogs. You know, we're just randomly loose in the house at the same time um, we're not really home enough to do that actually but um, we switched them out so like last night Grand Slam was the only dog that slept in our room last night all the other dogs were in our dog room and we just thought you know he could use a little bit of individual attention so it's really important that you're you're doing that if you have a multiple um, dog household yeah and,
0: and not not uh, having a puppy you need to sort of um, interject your inject your training periods okay, throughout the day. I, I know I can looking, feel it. I keep looking you at you it. it. It's There's a dog me hair on my nose. It. It's been I driving it. me crazy.
1: I keep, I've i been looking at it for like the last like <laughs> in two the light. Minutes. Just yeah.
0: like, and, and as it, I'm talking, I know it
1: keeps, and every time you say things, it goes like
0: this. <laughs> <laughs> so when you have your puppy, you're integrating their training sessions throughout your day, but you, you know, it's going to more than double your work, having a puppy, because if you do have other dogs in your household, they're going to need that right. attention. I would basically schedule my day pretty tight, you know, be pretty clear with what my intentions were throughout the day for training. I might, you know, set up my morning and evening before I go to work and come home from work to have some puppy training time and then stuff to do independently with those other dogs. Mm -hmm. It's really going to take a lot of time. Puppies are a lot of work, but I'll tell you, you, when you do like invest up front like this, when you do spend a little bit more time Taking your time, going slower to get there faster, which mm-hmm. we say I say on the channel a lot. Yep, um, that's the kind of thing that's going to you're you're going to be so happy you did, especially if you hadn't done it before. Yeah, and this is your first experience with a puppy like that. It's it's going to be remarkable because it was for me. You know, I I I was in your shoes where uh, you know I just thought that the puppies and dogs would get along, and they I'm sure they kind of got along, but boy oh boy, it was. Uh, I had to life tell Ken when he
1: was a student that he needed to stop letting his dogs play with all the other dogs. Yes. And he thought I was big meanie because I was telling him that he needed to, but I knew that his dog at the time wasn't very respectful and right. he was just letting it reward itself by playing with all kinds of other dogs.
0: Interesting point. Yeah,
1: and then a little while later he was like, "Oh, Kale, you were so right." In fact, he says that all the time.
0: Yeah, I um <laughs> I, well, I don't I don't know if I say that exactly, but it's pretty close. <laughs> If you, here's here's a little inside scoop for you, train station viewers. I um, when I first met Kale, I thought she was just an awful mean person. She came in. Uh, I was in grade two or something like that. I was oh, in one of the grades that you hand dogs.
1: You're so sensitive. And
0: uh, Kale came in the room and she's like, "Hey, Ken, don't don't let your dog socialize. Actually, on, I didn't on call leash. you
1: by name. I didn't know your name.
0: Oh, hey, you in the dude who's <laughs> really handsome. Uh, <laughs> don't let your dog socialize on leash. Um and I thought at the time, well, this I don't know what. The problem is, but what I wasn't seeing, and now I see it as a dog trainer, is that I wasn't getting attention from Deegan. She wasn't really, uh, you know, she didn't uh, totally love working for me. But as soon as I changed the focus to me rather than playing with the other dogs, I started to get more success. She started started to to do so much better. Yeah, started to see her working a little bit harder. So it's really, really uh, valuable and stuff. And now
1: we're getting married in a week.
0: Yeah, so... That was a
1: long time ago, guys. Yeah,
0: I know. That episode. It's funny how to like the, things 11, change.
1: Like 11 or 11 years ago, 12 years ago even. Uh, absolutely. Maybe even more. Yeah, actually. it could be
0: more. I'm not sure. We're old. Just wanted to say hello to a train station regular. Dropping in the... <laughs> Daryl and Luna. Hi, Daryl. Um, one of our grade three students. Now... Um, Let's get back to Dan's point when he was talking about, uh, some of the, uh, some of the, his concern, should you leave a long line on your dog when they're playing with other dogs, when they're running around with other dogs? And what do you, what would you be your, you I, your on that?
1: I do with my own dogs. If I, um, don't feel I could get the dog back after the play. So if there's a risk of me wanting to call the puppy or stop the puppy, um, You know, at some point I would Um, keep a line on but then what I would do is I would restrict the space in which they're playing so I would make that that space smaller so that I could kind of trail the line and uh, you know there's lots of times you have to step in and sort of pull it out or leave the line on one dog and not on the other if they're going to be playing the whole time Um, and then as soon as they get to the point where they listen a bit better then I will let them play off leash but I don't really give my dog that luxury until I feel very confident that my dog will stop playing. And come back to me um, when they are called so and it's really so hard to tell you when that's gonna happen it depends on your training and it depends on the dog and all those types of things but that's sort of the general rule if you have a listening dog then you can give them the freedom if you have a dog that could maybe ignore you and do their own thing it's really not in your best interest to allow them to have that that opportunity to ignore you when they don't have a leash on
0: Yeah, so uh, let's let's jump into the chat. Um, Let's jump in, Kendra. I love your videos. Been watch binge watching them, picking up fantastic training tips. As we just got a twelve week old Boston Terrier. It's an adorable breed. Yeah. Um, Oh, I missed it. we suspect, and and just confirmed, he's deaf. Do you have ah. any videos on the topic? We do. We have a couple, I think. We actually have a trainer who um, <laughs> is a remarkable lady. Yeah. Uh, actually, four-time world champion of do- disc dog. Disc dog. Yeah. With a dog who's deaf. Yeah. With um um. Yep. Oh shoot! What's the dog's name? Not Bert. Thorpe. Thorpe. Yeah. Remarkable dog. We do. um, We do have a channel, a a video on the channel. It's going to be a hand signal focused. And Uh I think it's uh, teaching a deaf dog to come when called. I think that's the name of the video. And actually maybe Dan's answered that, but I'm not sure. The
1: good news is that um, dogs are masters at reading body language. Um, So as long as you can get some focus from uh, the deaf dog, um, there's a gr- lot of communication you can do through body language and hand signals, um, and for some dogs, pulses and things like that, um, that they can respond to. The hard part is getting the dog to to be focused on you. So um, some of the things that we're recommending about the separation and the, and the bond building and all that kind of stuff are going to be really important, um, but it's absolutely doable. We see a lot of people have great success with dogs, even if they can't hear.
0: Yeah. And actually, I don't know whether I put it in the description, but right now we have our uh, free monthly mystery workshop right. going on. I, I hope I put it in the description, but if not, you can go to McCandogs.com and check out a link. This month is actually an attention workshop, and that's, that's going to be perfect for you it'll uh, slowly teach your dog to check in with you more often. And especially if you have a deaf dog, uh, having them check in, look to you for information more often is gonna be super powerful. So um, check that link out. Uh, I I, I wish I knew whether I put it in the description, but it's perfect for your situation. If it's not in the description, go to mccandogs.com. Let's see here all. So Samantha Cardinal asks, what are your thoughts on dog runs? I have a large one and I was planning on putting the puppy. I am getting in there when I'm at work or should I use the crate and indoors until he's properly trained?
1: That's a great question. Actually, I don't think we've had that question No, that is
0: a really good question. Yeah,
1: Um, so here's my take on it. Um, I absolutely love our dog run that we have here. We have a very very large one um but we do not leave our dogs in it while we are not home Uh, for a couple reasons number one for safety we don't want anybody coming to you know, to steal them. Um, not that that would happen in our in our neighborhood, but you just never know. Um, yeah. But also too, if we're not home and like if the puppy escapes or if they're barking and they're, you know, bothering the neighbors, um, we don't want that to happen. But we do utilize our, our dog run um, with our dogs. A lot of our dogs really enjoy being outside and sunbathing and especially our lab. Oh my gosh, she oh, loves yeah. sunbathing. Yeah, she, does. she loves to lay like on the stones on her side and she's black and she must be so hot, but she just yeah, loves know. it. Um, so yeah we love having the dog run it's a great way for them to spend some time outside and that they can be safe rather than just being loose in a backyard um, but I don't necessarily recommend leaving your dog in the run while you are not home right. for safety reasons and behavioral reasons because if you're not home and the dog starts to develop bad habits like digging or barking would be the two probably you know, easiest things for them to develop yeah um, if you're not home you can't address those behaviors you know when we're home and our dogs are out in the dog run we have actually to seeing them out the window and it's not uncommon for us to poke our head out the window and say like hey guys quiet or whatever so we can address it so they learn to be well behaved even though we're not technically out there with our eyes on them every single moment
0: yeah really good so I've got some other great questions. So if you've got a question about uh, puppy training and um, especially if you're talking about socialization and uh, integrating your puppy into your pack into, you know, introducing your puppy to other dogs, this is the episode for you. Um, let's see here. Oh, I it's answered cold that one down here. Is that? Yeah. Um, okay. Janet. Janet Austin says, we have two 11-week-old puppies. Are there any exercises to help brave. minimize? She's brave. Super bonding. Absolutely. I like
1: the word, I super know bonding.
0: Yeah, that's a good word. That's great. Super bonding. So one of the reasons that I, I thought this was a great week, it seems like puppies... Are everywhere right now. Like Spring, you puppies. just want to get a puppy. Maybe that's part of it. Yeah, puppies but are so But we're cute. getting a lot of questions on the channel about you know I I have I brought home litter mates or I brought home two puppies, uh, one for myself and one for my spouse. Um, should they be in the same crate? The answer is no. Uh, the more separation you can give each of those puppies, you're with those two identically aged puppies. It's going to be twice as hard, especially if they were littermates. It's going to make your life harder because they already love to play with one another. Uh, you know, they already uh, you know understand each other very well, and mm-hmm. they spent their entire lives together. So yeah. now you need to sort of change their focus independently. You need to get each of those puppies to pay attention to you and to know that you you know all goodness comes from you the other great thing about separating those two two puppies and you may be creating them separately but is knowing their uh intake and output uh that's going to be really helpful for uh you know health reasons with a little puppy
1: yeah in addition to what ken's saying um we see a lot of dogs that have you know grown up side by side with their litter mate and another puppy we see a lot of those dogs really have a lot of confidence issues when they're in separate situations so right. if one dog has to go to the vet and the other dog doesn't like you and the dogs are like oh my gosh my other my other half isn't here and they don't really know how to be their own I want to say own person but own dog own self yeah. um, so for that reason as well you want to make sure that you're separating the puppies and letting them learn you know what their own personalities are what do they like or dislike you know it's not just what the other puppy likes like what do they like and dislike um it's kind of like two kids really yeah. um but the separation is so 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 important and it is going to be so much work and i wish that i could give you like some cool advice that would be like hey in a week it'll be perfect but we would be like Dying, if well, that was the case but, and, but we don't want to do that
0: we want to tell you what's up you had two young dogs in training <gasps> at the same time yes i did it yeah. two puppies so, at the so same time i think it's really important that we do I'll point do out again that, that it's not you know it's not an insurmountable task mm-hmm. you you can build independence it was work for each of these dogs but it just takes a little bit yeah. more work so keep yeah. that in mind you're going to train them separately you're going to yeah. you know do individual things with them and it may t- you may need to take a little bit longer getting reliability on those skills before yeah. you bring them back together to you know hang out and do it puppy stuff puppies would do together totally yeah but yeah, So did you want to talk about your training experience with two dogs that were of the same similar yeah uh,
1: yeah it was it was interesting it when they weren't litter mates they were I kept a border collie puppy from a litter we had bred and then a friend of mine had a litter and he couldn't home the puppies so he asked me just to take care of that puppy for a few days while he was like trying to find homes and so I didn't think it was going to be very long term but of course I end up looking after this friend's puppy for um, a couple months And during that time I just remember getting no sleep Because <laughs> yeah. I was like And the puppies were both very good I was lucky But it would be like Okay, take this puppy out This puppy was it's in busy. the crate Then I have to train yeah. this dog And I had other dogs at the time too So it was just like Oh my goodness And um, sort of the f- funny part of the story Is that the Border Collie puppy that I had Her training was just not going well It really surprised me Because she I, You know, we owned the mom and the dad and they just she. She had everything that you know would have showed to be you know a great puppy, um, and so we ended up getting her tested, and it turned out that she was completely deaf in one ear, and that's why her training was going slowly because I thought, why is this puppy not responding to me every time?
0: When I'm on this side. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. Anyway, so once we figured that out, it was much better. But um, a friend of mine that I work with fell madly in love with this little border collie puppy, so I ended up giving her to. Um, Robbie is her name, and uh, so she went to live with Robbie. And then I actually end up keeping my friend's puppy that I was supposed to borrow, and um, he was just the most lovely, sweet boy. His name was Hummer, and uh, Ken actually knew him really, really yeah. well.
0: yep, he was with my uh, flyball dog, yeah. agility dog. We actually uh, qualified for nationals. I think yeah. Hummer and I. Yeah, yeah was, he was a great. Anyway, dog.
1: so it was a good Pitbull success cross. story, but I didn't, I didn't commit to the two puppies long term. I I made my life a bit easier.
0: <laughs> um, Bev Albright asks, are you live streaming your wedding, please? <laughs>
1: oh my gosh, you're not the first person to ask no. that. So many <laughs> people are asking that. Bev
0: may have asked that at the last time we talked about her yes, wedding. Yes, yes.
1: Yeah. Uh, if it was up to Ken, I think Ken would live stream Slum. everything. Yeah. But uh, I'm going to say... It'd be a
0: live stream at that I point. I don't think so. No yeah uh, we, we will
1: have lots of pictures though so you'll have to follow us on facebook or something
0: <laughs> um jane Evans says dogs are much harder work than kids i have five kids and the dogs are much harder work. Wow. <laughs> it's nice to hear that and i know some people agreed with her yes um lisa hart says great oops i didn't send that up there did i There we go. Great. I actually have, uh, I do have my puppy to a point where uh, if they're getting too rough, I call him and he will come out of the situation immediately. That's That's really great, Lisa. And that's sort of, that's the benchmark you need to hit before you start to integrate those puppies. In just a minute, we'll talk about some social signals, maybe that uh, some, some teaching that your other dogs can do for your young, younger puppy when they first, you first introduce them into the pack. Or the group, or the pair, or whatever. Daryl and Luna. I'm bringing Luna McCann, Luna to McCann's on Sunday for any for disc. Any suggestions with anything? Getting ready and staying focused, etc. So he's going for a disc trial or disc uh, class or something like that. Okay. Um, your uh, recall or not your recall your fetch work on your fetch hard driving fetch is going to be really really helpful whether you're starting with rollers and do
1: it in distraction like do it in a distracted area not like in your backyard like maybe go somewhere where there's a bit more going on like a park where there's kids playing or there's just more going on Um, because that's sort of the hard part about disc is getting the dog to stay on task because there could be other dogs playing frisbee you know at the same time or yeah your recall and your fetch would be two really great things for sure
0: and um, that when you get to the point where you're competing boy oh boy I so when we were just talking about Hummer I, um, he, amazing dog he and I as and Deegan and I went into a disc dog competition oh, just, yeah. it was just a fetch and retrieve one it was a simple like for distance you get as many throws as you can in uh, in a minute and um, Hummer was so great about flying back and dropping the disc and then running back out to go get it it was great Deegan was a little bit more she loved to chase after it but she just had a more lethargic run back like she just wasn't wasn't as excited uh, to bring it back. And then she'd like drop the disc and sort of just wait because I hadn't played a lot of discs with her.
1: her. So
0: so work on that fetch, because that driving back is going to be just as important for you, Daryl, and for Luna. Vanessa Martinez. I have a four month old puppy who's full of energy. I'm crate training her, but she still cries in the crate. Is it normal that she cries uh, after over a month? I love your videos. They help so much. So, um, we have a video for you, uh, about, uh, barking in the crate. I've got an idea for another video that I'm going to do for like crate uh, barking during the day how you can work through that. Uh, It's sort of
1: hard to answer that question without knowing the context or like seeing it, but we can give you a few tips.
0: Yeah. Consistency is going to be really, really important for you. Uh, We have a video on the channel, how to stop your dog barking in the crate at night. That's Mm -hmm. going to be really helpful. And it's basically sort of an escalating response to the barking. Um, You want to keep your puppy, especially during the day, you want to keep your puppy somewhere that's around you. Maybe it's a busy, maybe in your kitchen, somewhere that's nearby so that you can hear them making noise as well. you're able to communicate with them. You don't mm-hmm. want to just put them in some area of the house and then let them try to bark it out because barking is a pretty self-rewarding behavior. I see Dan has dropped a link, which is really really helpful. Um, but for you, Vanessa, uh, you know, uh, if you if your puppy starts barking, you go, "Hey, hey, quiet, clapper, and do something. Do something with your voice." And if you, that moment when your puppy's like, "Wow, well, what what's that all about?" You can start to praise them. You can really, uh, praise her as she's in her crate. And if you can drag that out a little bit, maybe five, six seconds, you can even reward her for not barking for like being relaxed in her crate. So sort of the next level, if she's like bark, 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 and you're Hey, Hey, and she continues to bark is just a little tap, a little interruption. Uh, I might tap on the crate very, tap on the top of the crate really quickly. And that noise will often the puppy will be like, what, what was that? Mm-hmm. Capture that moment where that they have that investigatory reflex where they're like, what on earth was that? And you can praise them for being quiet. You need to break the cycle, the cycle of them barking because it feels so good to bark. They just mm-hmm. love It's like high fives. You just drop a high five. It feels that good. Was pretty
1: good. I wasn't even looking. Yeah,
0: I know. I was, I was actually watching in the monitor. Um, but you need to break that cycle for them and using your voice, using some noise like that tapping on the top of the crate, or you can even do something like put a long line on the door or put a leash, long leash on the door and maybe have them in the corner of your living room or something. And you're watching TV and they start to make a fuss and you can just jingle that door, just make a little bit of noise again, the moment they stop, you can start to praise them. Um, But there's that escalating scale. And I know Dan dropped a um, uh, link in the chat. That'll be really helpful for you and your puppy. It's not totally atypical, but if, it's something that you're going to need to train through. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um, let's see here. Love all your videos. I plan on getting a puppy towards the end of the year, and I wanted to know how I should potty train when I live on the seventh floor of my apartment. There is an elevator. Okay. So we have lots of uh, po- uh, potty training videos on the channel. Um, in your situation, in... Your brother's in a high up in in, in a um, an apartment as 21st well. Floor. Planning, planning ahead is going to be really really helpful. Yeah. Knowing that you're going to have to maybe shorten the schedule. You, you can't ever let your puppy uh, when they're really young. You can't let them um, think that. They don't know if they can hold it until they get outside. You want to sort of pr- be pre-active, uh, pr- proactive rather than reactive. So you want to be taking them out before they even really know that they have to go. Times that you're going to take your puppy immediately out to the down to the ground floor before they go in their crate, after they come out of their crate, mm-hmm. after they eat, after they play. Like if you play something fun in the in in, in your home in in your apartment, um, you're going to take them out. You're going to be proactive by setting them up to be successful so that they they're inside with an empty bladder as best you can. I don't know what else you might have to. Yeah.
1: I would agree with all those points.
0: Okay. Um, let's see. Cray Cray. Nico says, if we crate train our dog, when do we trust our dog enough to allow them to use the dog bed? Love this question. Love this question. Why don't you answer this one? Cause yeah. I know you're, you, uh, have talked about dog um, beds. I didn't
1: them. quite see it. If we create, oh, here it is. If we create train the dog, when do we trust our dog enough to allow them to use the dog bed? Like, um, overnight? Is that what we're getting at? Whenever.
0: W- when can you put a dog bed in the crate?
1: Um, Well, um,. Oh, a dog bed in the crate. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. I didn't understand your question. Oh
0: wait, I think that's, uh, I didn't
1: know whether you meant like a dog bed, oh, like around your house that's or good overnight. Point. I'm not
0: sure. Maybe, um, we'll maybe... quickly answer both. How yes. about that? Okay.
1: Um, okay. So if it's the dog bed in the crate, um, basically that has to do with whether your dog has not had any accidents in the crate for quite some time. And also if your puppy's not prone to chewing, if they're doing a lot of chewing, you don't want to put a dog bed in their crate because they could end up chewing it and then hurting themselves. Um, so think about the um, the progress of your house training and the chewing before adding a bed into your crate. Some dogs can have a bed really early and some dogs, I, one of my border collies, she didn't have a bed in her crate until she was a year old. Right. Actually almost over a year yeah, old because yeah. she would just shred it. Um, and she wouldn't, even, she wouldn't even chew things outside of her crate. It was like she'd be bored and she'd rip it apart. So it was a while for that. In regards to like a dog bed outside of your house, so if your dog's starting to, you know, have enough training that you sort of feel like you don't need to utilize the crate quite so much, we do recommend teaching them a go-on-your-bed type of um, exercise where they learn to have like a spot where they can kind of hang out yeah. maybe while you're eating dinner, while you're watching TV, so they're not just kind of roaming around and getting into mischief. Um, but we would start to recommend to do that once you start to have a few basic skills on your dog where you would have the ability to ask them to lay on the bed and then remain there so you need some obedient skills uh, for that um, and then the same thing goes for like the overnight thing so you know our dogs when they're puppies they start off in crates in our bedrooms um, right beside us and then as they get older um, and we're starting to get you know better training and more reliability with chewing and house training then we'll let uh, progress to letting them sleep um, you know on a dog. Dog bed or, or on our bed in in the house um, in the bedroom depending on the puppy and where their weather where training and their listening is at so hopefully we hit all three yeah. possible options absolutely <laughs> for yeah your
0: question let us know if um, if that was what you were looking yeah, for because it was um, it was there's a couple ways yeah okay so James Crooks senior says after three weeks of uh, potty training he has three days of not pooping in a crate while at work uh, in, in crate while well at work for eight hours is it, un- is it unrealistic to ask an 11 week old pup to hold his pee that long it is eight hours is a long it's a little time. bit
1: of a stretch for an 11 week old puppy yeah like in like three weeks or four weeks it might be okay but
0: yeah like when the, when the puppy is 15 weeks yeah, like,
1: yeah um but 11 weeks is i mean some puppies might be able to do it but i think that's pretty
0: tough yeah any i mean if there's any way you just want your puppy to be successful you don't want to put them in a situation where they're like well you know i don't i, I was able i was able to go potty in my crate yesterday because i was in there for yeah so long. and it felt
1: good when i didn't have to pee right. anymore <laughs> yeah
0: right exactly so if you can it'll just be helpful for you if you're able to set your puppy up to um not have accidents in their crate then yeah. you won't have to untrain anything which is you know mm-hmm. pretty powerful and
1: then what you. you can do is as your puppy starts to get older so like in three or four weeks when your puppy gets to be like 15 16 weeks you know instead of eight hours go eight and a half hours and see how that goes right um you know, eight, you know, nine hours just push it a little bit more. And you can even try pushing it overnight, uh, since you'll be theirs, uh, to sort of work through if, if the puppy does start to whimper, if it's starting to get to be too much. So just, yeah, take it slow.
0: Um, and I see Craig Nico said, Yes, I meant around the house and perform oh, okay, overnight. Perfect. So um, hopefully we got so that. So there's a couple great questions in here. I want to just get to the uh senior dog stuff. Uh, as you introduce your puppy to your older dogs, you may, and you have great verbal control. Uh, you may notice that your older dogs are regulating some of that behavior sometimes. Mm-hmm. We always see this when we introduce a new puppy to our We pack. have
1: some very good teachers in our house. Right, and
0: just talk about, you know, what's acceptable, what's not acceptable, when you should maybe interrupt the behavior or interrupt the puppy. I think that'd yeah. be helpful.
1: So if you do have an older dog that's capable of um, very fairly, you know disciplining your puppy and telling them what's what's inappropriate sometimes um their relationship and how they figure each other out can sort of solve itself by just letting those you know the older dog and the puppy communicate um and we know we have six dogs so um there are some dogs that we know that are really good at that and we have some dogs that aren't so my border collie grand slam he is terrible with puppies and the fact that he does not want to do anything wrong so he would let a puppy jump all over his head and do whatever and he would just look at us and be like i really don't like this but please make it stop right but he would never do anything himself which some people would say oh he's so good with the puppy which is not the case i'm putting my poor boy in a situation where he's like, I don't like this, but I know I'm not allowed to be mean to the puppy, so it's it's stressful for him. So when I have puppies with a dog like that, I supervise much more closely, and when the puppy's being a bit of a brat, I step in and I back Grand Slam up and I remove the puppy. Where I have other dogs like Funky Monkey, for example, where she will play with puppies, but if the puppies get even a little bit out of control or disrespectful, she will discipline them very appropriately and fairly and firm enough for that puppy. And then she just gets right off their case and she'll start to play with them again. She's excellent at being able to say, that's not okay and, and that is. So you really need to know um what the appropriate response should be from a dog and then if you're not seeing that you'll need to be able to step in and either back that older dog up or you need to remove the situation and give that older dog a little bit of freedom which we sort of touched base on a little bit earlier but there are some circumstances where you know it can work into your favor if you have an older dog that is good at sort of setting the rules straight as long as it's appropriate
0: um i think You'll see very so. Occasionally, we'll have friends who will, uh, you know, we'll look after the dogs, or they'll come over, and we'll be going out somewhere with the dogs, for a hike or yeah, something. or something. And uh, this new dog ha- doesn't have a lot of exposure to other dogs, and they get pretty stimulated when they see the our pack, who is you know wild and crazy, and we have has a lots tiny toy
1: poodle who's really stimulating.
0: <laughs> yeah, for sure. She's yeah. The dogs especially like to chase her. But what you might see is uh, you know uh, a dog or your dog sort of f- baring their teeth and. The, you know, maybe that's enough. That's all they really need. Maybe that's all another dog needs to know. Like, okay, these, this isn't playtime for them. But when it mm-hmm. goes farther than that, or when you see the dogs returning, coming in back and back uh, over and over again, then you do need, it's your responsibility to make sure that that older dog or that other dog isn't having uh, you yeah. know a, a negative experience here. Um, I want, this is a little bit for older dogs, but I wanted to point this out for a moment. So, Valeria. I like that one too. Okay. Valeria R says uh, I have a 15 week old Great Dane puppy, and I'm having a hard time walking, and many tips or recommendations for a good harness. Now we do have, um, we do have some uh, teacher think, dogs walk on a loose leash video. Yeah,
1: And I think Dan may have answered her earlier about the okay. gentle leader.
0: So let's talk, yes. So mm. uh, we, we recommend good something.
1: Good job, Jan- uh, Dan. You yes, need, he's all maybe, over it. He's maybe a needs become man. an instructor now.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, we love the idea of using a head collar rather than a harness, and mm-hmm. there's a few reasons for that. Um, I, I just actually saw something the other day somewhere uh, about the how a harness can change your dog's gait.
1: Oh, I just saw that dramatically,
0: today. and it can really, uh especially for that. especially for a big dog like a Great Dane, any yeah. any of the taller, long dog, uh, longer uh, legged dogs, mm-hmm. um, it can really you know, it's not its not good for them. We sort of think to ourselves, I'll put my dog on a harness and they won't like to pull as much or it's easier for me to control them because it's got some mechanism that like, you know, changes the how, and it how they're held. it is in
1: some ways, as long as you intend to go straight and you don't want to turn your dog away or adjust them in any way. So like, you may even see pictures of my dogs on social media wearing a harness, but my dogs don't wear a harness until they're completely trained to walk on a leash and I can redirect them with my voice anytime that we want. So when you, especially when you have a large breed, if the dog is, um, pulling and you need to redirect them it's very very difficult to do that when your leash is attached to the middle of the dog's back right it's much easier when the leash is attached to the front of the dog because when you turn the head away from a distraction the rest of the body follows or if the dog's pulling and you turn the dog's head away from the direction that they're pulling the dog will follow a little bit more easily so you know if you especially a dog like a a great dane you know if you had a, a horse for example and you just had a lead around their neck and you were trying to turn them it's a lot more challenging than if you have a halter on the dog on the horse i can't say the right proper animal right now (laughs) on the horse's head because then you can lead that horse's head away and then you can turn a very large animal very gently and, and change their direction so the gentle leader um it works very similar to that. Now there is a ton of head collars out there on the market. And we specifically recommend the Gentle Leader as we feel from our own experience that it is the best head halter for many, many reasons. And I know this live stream isn't about a, a Gentle Leader, but if you just go and say, hey, I need a head collar, um, there's a bunch of different ones out there. So the Gentle Leader is the one that we yeah. that we would suggest that you use as it's the best one.
0: Because you can transition off it more quickly. That's and probably what it is. it just is it's more been.
1: comfortable. Sure. It fits the dog better. It just, there's all kinds of reasons.
0: Specifically for Jane Evans, I want to say, <laughs> drop of knowledge in a toot, toot the train life. station. Absolutely. Um, so uh, there's lots of great questions here. Let's see. I know uh, Dan mentioned this one as well. My pup has no problem going upstairs, but fears coming downstairs. Any suggestions? That's actually really common. Yeah, it is really common. Uh, taking it slowly, rewarding each step, finding steps. Step. I have
1: a really good trick for that.
0: Okay. Well, let's talk about it.
1: You can say your trick first, then you guys
0: can decide which trick is better. Well, mine isn't a trick. It's straight out training when you try being really serious right now. Yeah, cool. Cause yeah, absolutely try to find there's sort of varying degrees of stairs all over, you know, the place. I would, uh, cause Deegan was not good about steps. No, but something wasn't. I did is I, uh, we have a school nearby that has like two steps coming down. I just worked on that. Even in that situation mm-hmm. for her, she was like, Oh, I don't know. These step things are a little scary because she was really worried about coming down the steps, the basement steps in our home. Yeah. So I went up there and I just did lots of rewarding with her, taking it really slowly. Now I'm interested to see where Kale's uh, going to go with this, uh, because she's really set this up to be very exciting. I, I don't know what it's going to be. It's actually not like, is, that exciting, is, is, but is I'm just be trying to make a, a train, big deal out of it. Is it going to be worthy of a train of whistle toot? I don't like, know. Are we, we going to have to toot after this?
1: I hope you don't. <laughs> um... So one of the best ways that I've dealt with this is back chaining. So you start at the bottom step and you have them do one step and then you reward them. And then you, uh, <laughs> you, I know, isn't he so serious right now? Yeah. And then you pick them up and you do two steps and then you reward. And then you do three steps and you reward and you do four steps and reward. Yeah, and you keep back chaining because one step is not nearly as scary as doing 15 steps or however many steps. Back chaining is actually a training method that we use for all kinds of behaviors. Right especially in agility um but uh it works great for the staircase as well give you the same way out going on the way up too if your dog's struggling on the way up and not the way down
0: yep great um uh, jasmine is i think it's jasmine uh, velasquez says so you mentioned that you should separate puppies when i need to let them out to do their business should i take them out one by one on leash
1: unfortunately Jasmine yes yes, yeah. <laughs> yes you should um, it will be a lot easier too because if you take them both out and they're both on the leash and they decide they're gonna have a little rustle and your leashes get all intertwined and tangled um, it takes longer I know but it will be better if you can take them out individually that way you know that you know the, you know that they've gone you can control them more easily individually um, and again of course once you have better control and the puppies are a little bit older you will eventually be able to take them out together this is not a long-term thing Thing. But right now, we would recommend that you do it individually.
0: Uh, Lisa Hart says, "I know this is probably bad, but a Catahoula Pit mix a, a puppy has been sleeping in our bed since we rescued him at eight weeks, and he's fifteen weeks today. Now, some people, you can, you may be. I mean, maybe it's. Um, it may make your life a little bit more challenging, uh, but maybe not. I mean, there's a chance that it w- it won't have if you're any not sort of using a crate effect.
1: at all at this point." it will make your life more challenging. For if sure. you are using the crate, like say throughout the day or whatnot, or when you're going to work, which hopefully that you are, it might not be too bad of a transition to have the puppy sleep in the crate overnight. Um and it's something that we do recommend that you do with your dog uh, for a number of reasons, not just for house training or right. for um or for, you know, chewing and things like that. It's also for leadership. Yes. Um it's a really um good Uh, view or um, message uh, for your dog when they sort of understand that, you know, you have your place to sleep and they have their place to sleep and they can't just kind of you know be up on the bed elevated Um, you know it's just you know one of the recommendations we will make if people are having leadership issues is we will say no couch no bed right away get the dog off of the elevated uh, position where sometimes the dogs feel a little bit more powerful Um, so and we just start off that way so that we don't have to you know fix things and then as the dogs start to really get into the groove of the training then usually we let them up on the couch before we let them up on the bed in in our household um but everybody's individual some people never let their dog on the bed or never let their dog on the couch and that's okay too it's just it's all personal preference but you sort of want to make sure that you're working towards that and at this point i feel like your puppy is far too young to be having those luxuries um sometimes when they're young like this they're actually really really good so a lot of people say oh my puppy's so good but you haven't you need to hold on to your hat because there's you have not period you haven't yeah you're in the honeymoon period you haven't hit the adolescent stage you haven't hit where the puppies do the testing all that stuff where they're sort of thinking you know where do i fit in here so try to get that changed now before before you get in too deep
0: and imagine from your puppy's perspective lisa if uh, when you're using a crate or you're using some sort of uh, limited space area that um you know life is uh isn't that exciting when they're in there but every time they come out they're with you you know they're with you. They get to uh, you know do things. You you provide them with uh, resources, whether it's toys or food or play or whatever. And then when it's time to nap or when it's time to just hang out and be quiet, then they can go back into the crate. Imagine, think of how quickly your puppy's going to look to you for information. You're, how quickly your puppy's going to think you are the best thing on earth and that you're worth listening to. Mm-hmm. So that that's sort of the the overarching message. The train station. <coughs> message behind that because uh, it, there's so much value in uh, that perspective. Um, Taylor Braddock, I know Taylor joined us late late last, I think it was late last week, um, I know that uh, this is the opposite of the topic. Sorry, but how would you recommend socializing a dog who hasn't had all the, their vaccinations? No dogs at home, and was brought uh, brought home at six weeks instead of eight. Now I don't know how old this puppy is. Um, you do have to be careful about ex- exposing your puppy to other dogs. But keep in mind, Taylor, when we're talking about socializing, we we're not talking about other dogs. A puppy, especially that age, you socialization means like people, places, and things. More than any, we we spent uh, the last maybe hour or so talking about how to integrate your puppy into your life and then integrate your puppy into meeting other dogs. Mm -hmm. But especially at this really young age, oh, uh, Dan says eight weeks now, uh, especially at eight weeks, um, you don't want them to be... uh, integrating into, uh, you know, with other puppies. So to give you an
1: example, like we have puppy classes where we do do some socialization, but we don't allow puppies to come before they're 10 weeks of age because we need to make sure that they have their proper vaccinations um, before you're exposing them to other dogs, but also other surfaces, you know, you know, they're, they're babies and they need to, you know, have, you know, the proper vaccines and and immune system and all that stuff. Um, So you don't be in a rush you have a young puppy right now just build a bond with you and the puppy individually um wait till the puppies have been older before you worry about that type of thing for sure you got lots of time
0: Henrik says I have a 10 week old puppy he's kind of playful but he's pawing a lot he met another dog uh, and pawed uh, pawed this dog in the face which led to a bit of barking back and forth any tips on the situation um so one thing that i wanted to, to pull from this um comment is you need to be really careful anytime your dogs are greeting uh dogs that greet on leash often creates a really challenging situation. Mm -hmm. Not only does, uh, you know, are your dogs sort of have a limited amount of space to go, a lot of times those dogs will meet on a tight leash. So now the dogs think, well, I don't really have, I can't go anywhere. If this goes weird or if this person or this dog doesn't really like me, I can't escape. So they they, uh, leap to, uh, you know, a barking or they leap to, you know, growling or whatever. Mm -hmm. Also, uh, your dogs, communicate through body language a lot and one thing that a dog will do if they're you know there's any tension you'll see them puff up their chest a little bit their neck will get stiff and that's essentially what you're accidentally creating when you have them like pulling on a tight leash meeting another dog you're you're artificially creating that body language Mm -hmm. so uh all of the things that we were talking about today in our uh puppy socialization introducing them to your other dogs or introducing them to other dogs you want to make sure that these aren't like on leash leash, nose-to-nose situations. Mm-hmm. I would never, never allow my dogs to meet another dog when we're out on a walk uh, on leash. I just wouldn't, it wouldn't happen. They don't need to. They can remain in at my side. It's actually a great training opportunity. Mm-hmm. They can remain in at my side. I can maybe go out and meet the other dog. But, um, I mean, we start, we have a, we have a unique perspective because we end up seeing all the people that come in with problems ha- with horror stories yeah. from these types of situations. And, you know, 50 people may not ever have a problem with it, but it's 51 and 52 that have a dog who for the, maybe for the rest of their lives, they need to be like working with them, trying to help them to be confident when they're out for walks or whatever. The thing we have is.
1: a different perspective too, because we know that there's so many other ways that our dogs can seek joy. So, you know, a lot of people say, well, you know, the dogs just want to play. Like, how can you take that away from them? Well, that's just one, that's just one thing, and it's really not that big of a deal. You know, we don't we don't allow our dogs to do it, but it doesn't mean that we're like stuck up and we don't let our dogs do anything fun. We just know from so much experience that those situations generally don't end don't end up well. So we try to um, you know, allow our dogs to have play opportunities with people that you know dogs that we know or we yeah. do um, playful things together with our dogs so you know if we go to the park we're going to the park to play frisbee with one another to play chuck it or whatnot and then we're gonna walk together back you know i didn't get my dog to go somewhere set them off leash let them run around and me sit on my phone and you know drink a tim's i got my people, dog if anybody's
0: watching in the us they'll have no idea what drink oh, a Tim's. tim
1: hortons means. is our coffee uh, place yeah, like drink, your drink dunkin donuts yeah um good point um i I got my dog to do stuff with. I want to do something with them and and be, you know, spending that time together and, um, you know, that's sort of what we're what we're getting at here. It's not all about, like, hoity-toity, like, dog has to walk at your left everywhere. No, not at we're all. We're not those types of trainers. No. We just want the dogs to listen and be respectful and, um, you know, be able to have fun. But we really control the fun so that the dog isn't being put into a situation where they're going to lose their confidence, get into a dog fight, get hurt, or learn to just ignore us and not think that we're, like, their, their be-all, end-all.
0: Uh, I think we need to definitely touch on this one. Uh, We have a seven-week-old puppy who's less than two pounds and an 11-year-old female who is 45 pounds and a five-year-old boy who's 101 pounds. Is there anything special I should do when introducing them, considering the size? And we can sort of relate because we brought Hippie Shake, our toy poodle. How much does she weigh? Four pounds? She weighs
1: four. six pounds now but when we brought her home she was probably two
0: pounds so we would absolutely uh take more time in introducing her into that pack no hippie shakes a little bit a little bit different but what sort of tips would you give somebody who's got like a really big dog who's in uh meeting a puppy for the first time
1: um if I was going to be having them interact, I would make sure it was highly supervised, um, and I probably would hold the little puppy at first in my arms so that yeah. I could ensure that it didn't get squashed or anything like that. Um, but I would, I, I would, I would be more careful with the really big dog, depending on the dog's nature. Like, are they like? are they boisterous dogs? Or are they really sort of gentle giants? It's, you know, I don't want to put like a restriction on like the size of dog or the breed because we see all kinds of breeds and, you know, one Rottweiler is very different than another Rottweiler. So um, it kind of depends on the dog and their temperament. But when you have a dog that that's small, I would first let them, and you know, sniff each other maybe with the With a very small dog in your arms and it would be like a like a two-second interaction and then i would pull the puppy away and then maybe try it again but um i would be very careful with the dog at this stage in the game being so small
0: and everybody's on leash you have complete control okay great yeah
1: so you might find that the the actual bigger dog is is easier than the middle-sized dog depending on the energy um but yeah just just be aware be careful
0: Lots of uh, amazing lot puppy of talk today. today. Uh, lots of tooting. Always here on the train station. Now, as I mentioned at the top of the show, uh, this is our last train station for a couple of weeks, and we're gonna miss you guys. I'm. We maybe we'll have a Hawaii train no, station. No, it's not
1: happening, guys. Maybe
0: maybe there'll be like a, a, a an oceanside train station with the phone. It's who not knows? happening. Well, who knows? But we we'll love you. See. Now we we are talking about. We are talking about <laughs> um, creating maybe a vlog. Of the wedding, yeah. So if you uh, would like that, you, you're probably going to see it on the channel. And you can in, tear in your,
1: yourself away from dogs for a moment. Yes, it's and stastic. you just want to see a beautiful or, place.
0: What if we and just a
1: fun loving?
0: What if I just thing. squeeze a squeezy toy every once in a while during the vlog? Now we used to shoot, we used to record vlogs. We had daily vlogs for like we did. several months. So about you, our
1: life with the dogs. Yeah. So
0: if you like vlogs, check out uh, McCann vlogs. It's it's on the it's somewhere on the channel. It's definitely in a playlist. It actually might be on our homepage, uh, our, our channel page for you to check out. But I want to thank you guys for all the great questions. We hope we've helped you out. And if this is your first time on the channel, make sure you hit that that subscribe button. We publish new videos every single week to help you to have a well-behaved four-legged family member um you guys uh were so much fun tonight we want to thank you for all your great questions and we can't wait to see you when we get back and we're married
1: that is the weirdest thing <laughs>
0: <laughs> I want to thank you guys for watching uh on that note i'm ken i'm kale happy training <laughs> bye for now guys see ya I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Train Station Replay. If you'd like to be part of the conversation, be sure to join us live on our YouTube channel at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Thursdays. Until then, happy training.